Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. This is Mark Joseph Bennett coming to you from the XC60 Recruiting recruiting Studio. Ah, that's not a good sign for the podcast when you can't pronounce your words. What's happening, guys, is uh, this is the only seat I have left, my car. we're, We're getting the couch cleaned. So upstairs, the couch is wet because, you know, it looks like crap. Since we have a cat and children and mostly me. Mostly I'm the problem spilling stuff on the couch. So I'm forbidden from eating on the couch from now on. But currently, nobody can even get on the couch because it's wet. Some guys came in today with some kind of wet vacuum. I'm assuming some kind of steam cleaner. And they, they hauled out like uh, you know, evil spirits from the bottom. It was, it was disgusting. Made me uh, feel bad about myself. But the couch is clean. Uh, let me tell you something. That's why I'm doing the podcast. Because I'd probably be um, watching TV with a gluten-free beer. And yes, I'll get into that in a second. Oh, did, listen. Guys, I didn't want to let the cat out of the bag right away with the gluten-free. But my God. And it's it's coming up, guys. I'm, I'm going to talk about it. Just... uh, I'll tease you with it because I know you want to hear it so badly. This car is already too hot. I thought I could do it without the air conditioning on. Nope. It's time to ruin the environment. Here we go. Turning around. Just to let everyone in the parking garage know that I'm a crazy man doing a podcast in here. But I'll tell you what. All right, car, shut it. God. I'll tell you the um, not being able to sit on the couch it makes you uh, have to not sit on the couch. You got to go do something. You know, so I was like, oh, I gotta, I, I don't, haven't done a podcast this decade. Let me go down and bang one of those things out while my wife tends to my two little children. And that's the thing, right? Like, if you don't have a couch, you got to go. Maybe people say, I don't have a TV in my house. That's why... I get out and I do things. That really wouldn't stop me. I mean, it would piss me right off to not have a TV. I'd be be an angry man. But I'd find a way to park my ass on a couch. I'd, I'd, I'd probably, I might read. I would, whatever it takes to stay on a couch, I would do it. Think, you think getting rid of my TV is going to stop me? No, sir. I got a phone. I got an iPad. You going to knock the power out? I don't care. I'll read my iPad by candlelight. So, this is what I'm saying to you people. Get rid of your couches. There was this guy one time I was at the gym, and when I used to do that, and this uh, personal trainer was saying, uh, well, that's why I don't have chairs in my apartment. So that's because I can't sit down. And he was, I'm pretty sure he was joking. I thought like they were like doing like a one-upmanship. He was talking to another trainer about, how dedicated they are to fitness. And the guy was, and which was pretty funny if he was joking. And that's why I don't have chairs in my apartment. But I, now I'm thinking, you know, that's a pretty good idea. You just, you talk about needing to get out and do something. You know, I'm just, I came to the car so I could sit down. You're just walking around, sitting on kitchen chairs, like kitchen table chairs. What kind of life is that? 
But and you know what the problem is though is that um, not only in order to go out and do things you must get rid of your couch, you also must get rid of your children because they're still there and you can't leave them. At least that's what the cops are saying. You can't just go out, enjoy your life, you know, go to a comedy show and hang out, take in a movie. You know, the new Tarantino movie, which I've yet to see. I'm sure it'll be out of theaters before I get a chance to see it. Even though he kind of made fun of Bruce Lee. Apparently he made fun of Bruce Lee in, in the uh, movie a little bit. And uh, he seemed to, he seemed, seems to have a bit of a bug up his, of his ass about uh, Bruce Lee. He doesn't, doesn't seem to like that guy. Which I find weird with how much he seems to love, like, you know, kung fu and fighting in his movies. I'm pretty sure Bruce Lee did a lot of pioneering in that regard. But anyway, Tarantino seems to think Bruce Lee was very arrogant. So he and he said, I'm having a little bit of fun with it. He was he was saying that, you know, yes, he was exaggerating. Yes, he was joking around um, when he made fun of Bruce Lee in the movie. But but the guy, it did come from a real place and that he knows Bruce Lee is arrogant. But he doesn't know Bruce Lee personally. He's too young to have ever met Bruce Lee. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Bruce Lee's family got kind of mad. It kind of that kind of taints the movie for me a little bit. The idea that. You know, he, he was being real shitty to Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee, I, I, I liked his movies, you know. And as, as a small person, because I grew up small. I mean, I'm a strapping man now. Strapping. Strapping five foot nine, 160 pounds. Huge. But no, I mean, people don't look at me usually and think he's very, very small. Although someone made a Facebook comment recently that said, I look like a petite Rubik's Cube they'd like to take a bite out of. That makes no sense. And it's disturbing. It's also, and, and I didn't like it. And someone called me petite once, one of my wife's friends, who I, I, I forbid her to see that woman from now on, calling me petite. Get out of here. And also, um, one time I hugged a server at one of the comedy clubs, not but she asked. She went in for the hug. I did not. I never do that. I do like Keanu Reeves. I keep my hands wide. You know? Standing there like Jesus. Just when, when someone tries to hug me. And she came in for the hug. And she hugged me. And then she said, ah, you're so little. I tell you. That boils my piss. Ever since I was a kid. Because I was a small kid. Like I, like, like I said. Look at that. I'm technically I'm 5'10". I say 5'9 because I shrank thanks to my bone disease. But I'm 5'10". I should be 5'10 anyway. And 160 pounds. That is, you know, you just do out averages across the world. You include all of the countries. That's not a really small person. You know, it's not a big person. It's not petite. It's not yourself little. So anyway, that irritates me. It irritates me. I have chip on my shoulder from my youth. I was always the smallest kid in my class. I was always very skinny. And, uh, you know, I remember I wasn't even five feet tall in high school. By the time I got to grade nine, I remember I was going into high school. And I was so mad because I'm not even five feet tall and I'm going to high school. You know, I remember being in university, being 120 pounds, you know, it's funny, though, I, in my 40s, now that I'm getting fatter, 
Like you just real, you don't realize. My mom used to always try to tell me, you don't realize how good you have it. That you just eat whatever you want and your metabolism burns it off. You know? But this is the world, man. If you're too big, if you're overweight, they make you feel bad about that. If, if you're a slim guy, they make you feel bad about that. They're all out to get you. So anyway, I liked Bruce Lee because he's a little guy, right? But he was a badass. You know, he was tough as nails. You know, and, and uh, Tarantino got some quotes wrong, saying Bruce Lee you know, said that he w- could beat up Muhammad Ali, but Bruce Lee didn't say that. It was quite the opposite. Bruce Lee understood things like uh, weight classes, you know, and Bruce Lee, in fact, said the opposite. He said that uh, Muhammad Ali would kill him. Oh, that was his phrase. So anyway, it's, just, it's too bad because I like Tarantino. And I like Bruce Lee. What I'm going to do is I'm going to watch the movie. I'm just going to take it as a joke, right? We're all getting too sensitive, maybe myself included. This this PC culture, right? You can't even mock Bruce Lee now without comedians in their cars ranting about it on a podcast. Well, I'm sorry, Tarantino. All right? Do whatever you want in your movie. I'm going to laugh it off. Jokey jokes of jokes, man. He's just having a little fun with Bruce Lee. Right, his, Bruce Lee's family took it hard, but everybody's taking everything hard these days. So I do want to see it, but I'm not going to be able to because I have children. So couch or no couch, you can't go out and do anything when you have these little bastards. But that's okay because, you know, they add something to your life. At least I've been told. I'm checking my notes right now because, you know what, guys? You guys deserve this. You deserve a little organization. Now, did any of the things I said in the last 10 minutes come from my notes? No, they did not. That was all just random rambling off the cuff, which ruins the idea of the notes because the notes were like supposed to get you into the podcast, you know, nice and organized, maybe some interesting stories, you know. Instead, just rambling about Bruce Lee and wet couches. I bet Bruce Lee could kick the shit out of a West couch. I'll tell you what. So anyway, let's get into the notes here. Accident. Oh, buddy. Yeah, right there. Right out of the gate. Who doesn't want to hear about an accident? Yours truly got into a car accident. Now, this was uh, a few weeks ago. I was going with my buddies. Uh, we were having our uh, our biannual retreat once every two years or so we're trying to make it every year we get together you know at uh somebody's place so we were at uh my friend tobin his cabin and uh that's his last name but we all call him tobin it's just one of those names it sounds it's, it's easier to say his last name than his first name so we're all we're all going to tobin's and uh we're on the highway and we're stopped at a dead stop in a traffic jam and someone hit us going about 80 we don't even know how it was possible like and like to the driver my buddy daryl he's saying he he had enough time to yell because he's looking in the rearview mirror a guy is about to hit us and then boom man totaled the car like it bent the whole frame of the car i daryl didn't want to drive because he was all shagged up you know um shagged up that's a newfoundland term he was all uh screwed up because his back hurt and he got we got such a shot and he and he was he was 
He felt uh, in shock almost, you know, which makes a lot of sense. I didn't feel great, but I felt better than Daryl. So I drove his car back home, which we shouldn't have done. We should have called a tow truck because that thing was hard to drive. It, the frame was all bent up. So like the steering wheel was like, it was dangerous. Dangerous is, is what it was. Stupid. So we, um, we ended up having to uh, delay our trip by a day. His car was completely written off. They, they didn't even try to fix it. They just gave him a check, cut him a check. We're like, yeah, no, nobody can fix that car. Hope you guys didn't drive it for an hour. But we did. Now, here's, here's why I'm bringing this up. Uh, number one, to tell you I'm alive. Because long-time listeners of the podcast, you guys know I got that bone disease. And if you're new here, I have a bone disease. So I was, in fact, you wouldn't even believe this. When I what, what I'm about to tell you, it's I'm in the middle because my buddy Daryl doesn't really know a lot about the bone disease. Guess he doesn't listen to the podcast. Maybe he should. Then he'd know we wouldn't have had to have this conversation and have this crazy coincidence. So I'm telling him about the bone disease, and I'm just about to get to a part where I go like, for instance, if we were to get into a car accident right now, I have no idea. If I'm going to be able to walk away from even a small fender bender, I don't know how you know sturdy my bones are. So that worries me. I was about to say that. I'm halfway through that sentence and boom, just nailed. And I walked away and uh, have some x-rays and stuff. And nobody's told me anything bad. You know, I don't know. My neck's all screwed up. It hurts, but it always hurts. I got a bone disease, so I don't know. And my point is, now the Volvo I drive because I am a dad. And I went out. I wanted to get a comfortable car, but I also wanted to get the safest car in the world. These Volvos are some kind of safe. That's always been the case with a Volvo. Everybody is like, I know it sounds like I'm saying Volvo, and I'm sorry about that because that's a bad word to say. Oh, and a bad word. Speaking of that, I got notes though. I don't have to. I don't have to go into it right now before I forget. So the Volvo, it has sensors on the front of the car. Now a lot of cars have this. I'm not saying it's it, it's exclusive to the Volvo. I'm just saying it's in this particular car, Volvo. So if I'm approaching an object, whether it be a pedestrian or another car or a, a solid brick wall, which is what I'm looking at right now. And if I press the gas, the car goes, ah, not today, son. And it slams on the brakes. And it doesn't let me hit the object in front of me. Because it knows, hey, man, that guy driving is a bit of an idiot. Let's, uh, let's save his life here. And maybe the lives of other people he was about to smash. So the car will come to a stop. You know, fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. That's great news for anyone who's in front of me. But clearly, the guy who was behind us, and he had a brand new Dodge Charger. He was pissed off about it because he had just gotten it, and he was 20 years old, and his insurance was already expensive. And he was trying to tell my buddy, hey, what, what can't we just go through uh, private, man? Just, just let me pay you. My car is more damaged than yours, I'm sure. His car had no damage. Our car was destroyed. And um, my buddy was like, no, just get out of my face. 
You're 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 going through the insurance. You know this is going to be expensive, right? He was like, "No, I'll cover it, man. Whatever it costs." Yeah, really? Because it was at, it was about fifteen thousand dollars worth of damage. Do you got that in your back pocket, youngster? You idiot. Anyway, the point is, he's got a brand new car, and it clearly didn't stop. Why? Why? If we have this technology, this should be a friggin' this this should be a human right at this point. You're gonna buy a vehicle. If car companies have this technology, it should be government sponsored. I don't give a shit. There's a think about the money that the government could save with the accidents and the health care and that. Just put the front center. Oh, I should have started with this, guys. This is a great point. Oh, my notes. Next time I'm going to have, in my notes, I'm going to have to have the first note being, read your goddamn notes. So anyway, if all the cars on that highway had the same thing my car has, then everybody would stop. You guys know what I'm saying, Right? Like, it it used to be when I was a kid, I would think about, like, if there was some kind of force field you could put around your car, some kind of electromagnetic dome, you know, where if you crashed into something, it would, and, and they had a dome, the two domes would just kind of bounce off each other, and nobody get hurt, you know? But no, I can't make that technology. I don't even think old Elon could do that. Like, is it, you know, you can't stop a car from crashing into your side or to your rear. But you can stop your own car. But if they all had it, you know what I mean? So, and I get it. If you're driving around, you know, a 1980 Chevette, it's not going to have that. You just, and you just be careful with those people on the road. But anything after like 2015, this should be standard. This should be like a seatbelt in this fucking car. Say, you say, Make let's make the government pay for it, and it would could because we know the amount of money that would save healthcare costs. What about insurance companies? Maybe they could kick in a little change. You know, if these car companies aren't willing to do it because their their margins are so low or whatever the hell they're saying, if that's the case, maybe the insurance companies could do it, right? Or maybe they make more money when there's accidents. Now I can't imagine that they make more money when there's accidents because they get your money every month. They're happy to get that. They hate when they have to dole out money. They hate that shit. They always like send investigators trying to find ways not to dole out money. Dole. Vulva. So think about that. They could save money on the investigators, right? They could they could save money on having to hand out money to people when their client, when it's their client's fault. I am fixing the world. Right now, from my car, with a wet couch. This is this is uh, this is great stuff. I gotta I gotta find a way to talk to Obama. Somebody, somebody's got to be able to help me with this. Now, what was the other thing I was gonna say? I'll say this about the notes. It makes me want to refer to the notes as opposed to just you know freewheeling it. But still, look at that. First note, accident. 
solve the major world problem, right? This one says, moms on Facebook are piranhas. Oh, yeah. That's because, like, I tell you what, listen, you got if you got stuff, especially when, you know, you have kids and you need something, oh, we need a bouncer chair or uh, or you want to get rid of something and, you know, you know, hey, we got too, too much baby clothes here. You just, this, this Facebook, you just post on these moms groups. So they, they descend like piranhas. They're there. My, my wife wanted to clear out our place because there was way too much stuff because we have a small apartment. Oh, slight update with that, but we'll, we'll continue. I don't have that in the notes, so I may not get back to it. So my wife wanted to get rid of a bunch of stuff, so she just put it on the Facebook, and like as she's taking pictures of the stuff and uploading it, it's being taken. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'm like, what are you moms doing? You're just sitting? You're sitting on the fucking Facebook just just ready with the trigger? And my, my wife gave away a pile of underwear. My son's underwear. And that's not as weird as it sounds. He didn't wear any of it because my, my wife got him briefs because that's mostly for toddlers. They sell briefs. They don't really sell boxer shorts. So... She got a pile of briefs with, like, superheroes and stuff on them, and uh, he refused to wear them. So she gave them away. She said, hey, these are these were never worn, brand new underwear if somebody wants them. So someone was like, I'll take them. Took them right away. And then my son woke up the next day, and honest to Christ, for the first time in his life, he says, I want to wear the Batman underwear. And we were like, honest to Jesus, kid, Really? Because normally he would only wear, like what my wife did find sort of like, um, what do you call them? Boxer briefs for for Sam. So he started wearing those because he wanted to wear underwear like Papa. Because who wouldn't want to be like Papa? So that's why we figured he'll never wear these briefs, even if they have superheroes on them. But then he's saying, hey, no, I want the, I want the Batman shorts. And they said, unfortunately, I want to wear mommy underwear. I was like, oh, no. Is this, no, don't say that. You know, I don't mind you saying I want to wear the Batman underwear. So anyway, we call this lady that we gave the underwear to and we said, hey, can we get those underwear back? You know, the superhero ones. And they were like, it was also kind of cool because they were listed Monday to Sunday, right? It was just days of the week. So we said, like, he really is upset about not having a Batman underwear. Plus, like, we gave her tons of underwear, you know, to get back the the. The Batman underwear is not that big of a deal. We didn't think. And she was like, oh, yeah, it's fine. We haven't used them. So just come on over. It was like the next day. So um, we went and we got them. And she gave us back the underwear, but she literally gave us back only the Batman underwear. So we got like Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday. We're like, you know what, lady? I know that there was some characters on the other ones, and we did say Batman, but we, we don't have a whole week now. He can only wear these underwear on three days, or he looks like an idiot. So anyway, that's just a little tip for you out there. If uh, you need you need goods and services, you get on those Facebook groups, those mom's Facebook groups, buddy. Done. Speaking of our son, this is the next note. And this next note is called These Fucking Shoes. Now... I plan to swear a little less on this podcast, trying to get into a more of a clean mentality when it comes to uh, life, shows, comedians. Being a a comic is just much better to be on the PG side. 
It just really is. Sometimes it's not as fun, but let me tell you something. If you can write really good jokes, then it's just as fun. It's just that it, you know, it takes a lot to write good, clean jokes. And sometimes you feel like you're not, you know, being a cool dude, you know, a coolio wearing your leather jackets and your your acid wash jeans or whatever cool people do. But I'm trying to, you know, anyway, I'll, I'll lean into that in a second because I'll talk about the comedy tour I am currently on. So this podcast is going to have swearing in it. And it's brought to you courtesy of my son. And another reason to clean up the language is it had to come from me. My wife doesn't swear. So there were these um, black shoes in his way the other day. And he said, what's with these fucking shoes? And he just kicked them out of the way. And we were like, oh, no. So we tried to ignore it because, you know, that's what you're supposed to do. You don't don't call attention to it. And he uh, felt like we really should hear what he had to say. So he said, Papa, what's with these fucking shoes? And like saying, saying fucking in a way that like, like the rest of his words are all toddlers. Mama, can I have a robbery pop? But no, fucking that comes out like, like he's a, like he's a goddamn dock worker so it has to come from me i don't know when i said it it's not like i sit around and i'm like hey man put on your fucking shoes it's not like i do that so where's it coming from it's probably me driving in the car you know me screaming you should have a fucking sensor in your car so you don't rear end me that type of shit right and so he just kept saying hey What's with these fucking shoes? And so finally we're like, hey, 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 stop saying that. Stop saying that. And uh, that's a bad word. And then you start going, fucking, fucking, fucking. And we're like, oh, we've made it worse. Okay, time out. we got to do a time out. Even though we know they don't really work. Like, we, we, it was panic time. We had to do something. So we, we put him in his room. And he started bawling and crying. Let me out, let me out. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So we go in. After a couple seconds, and we say, okay, so are you sorry now? He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) What's with these fucking shoes? And then started laughing in our faces. We're like, ah, God damn it, we're raising a sociopath. It's just, he thought it was funny, you know? And swearing is kind of funny. I think what it was, uh... There was, at some point, someone laughed... It was me. I don't know what, I don't know. I was laughing about something, and it was swear word related. And anyway, he picked up on that. So now he's in nursery school, and I have no idea how many times a day he says fucking. They haven't told me yet. I assume if he's cursing like that in nursery school, they'll bring it up to me. I'm assuming. But I don't know. As you got to, I don't know, you got to clean up your life, right? I'm trying to, uh, yeah, so I'm on this tour. I'm on this um, investors group tour. I can talk about it. Now I'm on it. You're, you know, you're not allowed to talk about shit sometimes when you're getting contracts and whatever. 
But um, this this tour is a it's a good tour. It's for Canadian comedy. It's one of the better ones you can get, and uh, they do nice theaters. The other day we were at a, a what a 1200 seat theater, like nice, right? And um, I'm taking pictures of that shit, putting it up, you know, making people go, "Hey, you really do comedy? We thought you were just doing podcasts from your car, but no, I really do it." And um, but it has to be corporate clean, man. Corporate clean. And uh, Tim Nutt, the guy who is closing out the shows, he's done these tours before, and he was just like, "So you know, don't fuck it up." Like any, I don't think he was trying to be shitty, you know, and, and try to psych you out before the show. But but before our first gig, like me and Leonard, the other guy who hadn't done it before, we were talking about like what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. You know, we were a little bit worried about some of the material we were about to do. And he was like, look, I, all I got to tell you is no one out there has your back. All right. If one of these clients, because what it is, is the investors group, right? They they have people who invest lots of money with them. And so the people who invest the most money get treated to a nice comedy show and a nice, lovely evening. You know, it's something they do for their clients. That's a nice thing to do. It's smart. Um, and everybody gets to get all dressed up and go to a comedy show. And they're usually a bit of an older crowd because that's who has money. Sorry, millennials. And uh, so Tim was saying, if any of them complain about you for any reason, that's it. You're gone. You're fucked. Get out of here. And we're so I was like, that's, uh, let's go have a great show, guys. But it went great. First, we've done three already. They've gone. I, I, they couldn't have gone better. Uh, standing ovations, things are. It, it's. I'm so happy. Or so, you know, you just, I don't know. As a comedian, I don't know if I'm like every comedian, but I just want to do a good job. I just want people to walk away going, that was good. Is that, is that too much to ask? So anyway. But then I'm doing the tour going, this is the most money I'll make, certainly doing live stand-up. In a month, I'll tell you that much. And um, and why? Because it's corporate clean. And all of the Christmas corporates, the ones that uh, comedians will be quick to tell you that the one-nighters, the corporate gigs, they pay your they pay your bills. The comedy club is a little bit extra change, but you really get most of your money through uh, corporate gigs and now satellite radio. So if that's the case, having more clean material is the thing to do. And in fact, even satellite radio, there are clean comedy radio stations. And, uh, you know, it's not that easy to have clean comedians. Like, they can only play Jim Gaffigan and Brian Regan so often. And there's a couple of Canadians who have some pretty clean albums, and they put those on there, and those guys are getting paid for that shit. And then your son isn't walking around screaming about fucking shoes. He did it again the other day. We were just in his bunk bed, which I put together, which scares me. I'm afraid it'll collapse. But I think I follow the instructions. It seems sturdy. I've slept on the top. It feels all right to me. And I, guys, I weigh 160 pounds. I'm huge. I'm bigger than Bruce Lee. So, um, you know weird is I still feel weird about saying I'm 160 pounds. In my brain, in my 17-year-old brain, I was never going to tell anyone my weight until I was 215 pounds of mean. That's what I used to I'll be 215 pounds of mean. I was just going to be ripped. I don't know I don't know what world I lived in that my bone structure could have supported 215 pounds. Although I tell you what, it would have been better for my bones. They say that if you have uh, like osteoporosis and stuff, if you're a bigger person, your bones are going to be thicker cuz they they have to work harder. Anyway. So I should have been 215 pounds of mean. 
Oh, 17-year-old Mark Bennett had it all figured out. Anyway. Yeah, we're in the bunk bed there, and he's just like, it's like I wasn't paying attention to him for one second. I picked up my phone to check a text message, and he didn't like it. So he just started going, what are with these fucking shoes? Just to try to get a reaction out of me, but I totally stonewalled him. I pretended he didn't even speak. Totally changed the topic. I'm like, hey, do you like that design on the on your bunk bed there? It's got Because it's a little tent, and it looks like a little house from Ikea. So the tent goes over the top, and then this this wall drapes down like this, you know, fabricy wall that looks like it has a little door that opens up and a window. It's very cool. It's a little stuffy when you're when he's in the bottom bunk, which is where I prefer it, because he rolls around like a son of a bitch. He like he, he sits up and walks around in his sleep, so we can't let him sleep on the top bunk. It's like fucking Mike Birbiglia. You know, we got a swearing, sleepwalking psychopath as our three-year-old. It's fun times. But he's really adjusted well to the new uh, nursery school, which is fantastic. Long-time listeners to the podcast, you know we had a lot of trouble with the last nursery school. Got that kid, the special needs kid, who kept tackling him on a daily basis. And, you know, his father had to teach him to fight a special needs kid. That's what happened. Go look up that podcast if you don't believe me. It was just a few podcasts ago. Because that's, I haven't done a lot of podcasts because I haven't had time. But yeah, they, um, I taught him to fight this guy. And he did. He shoved this special needs kid right on his ass. And that really helped that situation. But he still, you know, he could, he can't sweeten once he soured. He's like George Costanza. The, the fact is he didn't ever want to really go back to that nursery school. Now we switch him to a new one and he's tickle pink. But the thing is, he's so comfortable there. That he's not even listening to the teacher. He just walks in like the fucking cock of a walk. Just kicks open the doors. Hey, where are the toys? And, he just wa- and, and there's only six other kids in his class, so it's a really small class. And he just bro- blows by everybody, grabs them. Hey, I'm going to play with this truck for a while. And the teacher's like, okay, it's time for circle time. And yeah, you go circle jerk yourself, lady. Where are these fucking shoes? And then she, she was like, he's having a bit of a problem. Uh participating in circle time but the thing is i'm all i take it as a good thing in that i know he's so comfortable there that he's not listening to her it's just like when he's at home because when he's afraid he will do whatever an adult says because he he wants to protect have protection so at the old place when they did circle time he would run over to an adult and sit right next to her and just wait because there's you know he was probably going to get attacked by a special needs kid so we um but this place if he's just like ah fuck off i'm over here then he feels secure and you know and the teacher it's her job she's got to figure that out i i believe in her she's a very experienced teacher i like her a lot and um i think that she will i think she'll crack the code on how to get him to listen probably it's us i'm sure we're not doing things right but uh but she said he's having a right other than that everything's great Except they're supposed to go in and trace their name. You know, they go in and they uh, they start the day by tracing the letters of their name, and that's how they sign in. And these other fucking kids, because we we thought Sam was smart. You you guys know from the podcast, we thought he was smart. And uh, these other kids, they sit down, and write their name Addison. Addison, one of them writes. 
every letter accurately. And just like like a fucking, uh, like a scribe, just perfectly done. And, and Sam will grab it in his big paw and just the pen like, just like a fist with the pen sticking out of the bottom of it. Like the Incredible Hulk trying to sign his name. And he just put just puts lines on the page. That's it. And she's like, okay, that that's that's good. And I know it's not good. She's looking at I know she's judging me. She's judging me. So I said to her, What are these fucking shoes? And I walked out. Like father, like son. Man, these notes things, this is it's working pretty well. Oh, mom's the last note, which is good because I'm looking at the time like thirty six minutes. I gotta clue this shit up. I got a wet couch to go sit on. Gluten-free. Gluten-free. So, the bone disease, sometimes people can have osteoporosis or osteopenia or whatever. Whatever. You can have bad bones by having celiac disease. Now, as you know, celiac disease is uh, sensitivity to gluten. You're, 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 villus your gets all atrophied and your your body so the 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 villi in your stomach they they get damaged and they can't absorb your nutrients properly so you know we, i of course i checked that we've we've checked uh for celiac twice in blood tests didn't work and then we tried to get a biopsy back in 2015 but the gastroenterologist forgot about it so he just did the colonoscopy but he didn't do the biopsy. So finally, this year, January, we did the biopsy for real. And uh, he said, you're fine. Came back clean. Nothing wrong with your colon. Uh, your biopsy's fine. So I thought nothing of it. I'm like, fuck, I, okay, all right. I guess I don't have celiac. Back to the mystery of why my bones are disappearing. Why I can't absorb any phosphorus. And then uh, my my GP calls me in for a visit. And I'm like, what do you want? Because I don't like going in for doctor's visits. And he's like, I just wanted to check, did you call back your gastroenterologist? I'm like, yeah, I, I called them back, and he, they said they don't need to see me. He goes, well, they don't need to see you. Are you sure? I'm like, yeah, I called them back because you told me to. They, they don't need to see me. And then he said, okay, so I'm reading a report here, and it says that your colonoscopy is clean. I'm like, yeah. He said, and that you have um, villus atrophy, the shortening of the villi, which is indicative of villi damage, which can lead, which can be caused by such things as celiac. He says written right here in the report. I'm like, give me that fucking thing, doc. And I read it, and he wasn't lying. So I have damaged villi, like a celiac person, but for some reason. So, but the word mild is in there. So for some reason, I guess the gastroenterologist is like, well, it's mild. So who gives a shit? And maybe he's right. But we, for years, are looking for some kind of reason that I'm not absorbing my nutrients properly and that my bones are disappearing and we're coming up on dead ends all over the place. And here's a thing that is saying, hey, your body is not absorbing your nutrients properly. And my gastroenterologist was like, ah, fuck it, who cares? So my GP is like har- harassing them. He's, he's he's written my uh, that guy the gastroenterologist and he's also written my endocrinologist and uh, and he's like hey you know should we go down this path this guy's he's got damage 
in, in the villi. Damage. So maybe we could fix that. So I say to him, one of, one of the only ways to fix the damage is to go gluten-free, right? And he's like, yeah, it's, that's generally the cause of the damage is a sensitivity to gluten. And he said it could be a couple of other things, but generally that's the cause. So I'm like, are you fuck? All right, then. Fuck it. We're gluten-free. We're goddamn gluten-free. And it, it was terrible. I actually had withdrawal, like, uh, for the first five or six days. I was starving, no matter how much I ate, because my body's like, gluten, I need gluten. And it's not like I wasn't eating carbs. I just wasn't eating gluten. And my body, I had wicked headaches, and I was, st- and I looked it up, I'm like, can you have a withdrawal from gluten? And I was like, yeah, the celiac.org site was like, yeah, you absolutely can. And so, um, so we've been eating gluten-free, but that, but because of that, I've been eating pretty a lot of meat because there's no gluten in meat. And now my stomach is so bad. I have so much heartburn. And my wife, she's complaining about her stomach because she was eating pretty much a vegetarian diet. And now because we're trying to do gluten-free, she's cooking all gluten-free stuff. So we're trying to find meals that I can eat. And so we're putting a lot of meat in there, lots of, lots of beef and chicken and pork. And uh, her stomach is so upset. So now we're going to try vegan gluten-free. Oh, fun times. Oh, we're going to ruin a lot of parties. Honest to Christ. And I tell you, I hate it. I'm going to work it into my routines, I think. But like saying like to servers at restaurants and stuff, so I'm gluten-free. Um, you're sure there's no cross-contamination? It, it just it makes you feel like, you know, you're showing them your vulva. <laughs> you know? You're like, hey, here's my man card. Passing it in. I know I shouldn't think like that. But I am. I'm thinking like it. And this cross-contamination thing. Like, if if you even have, if your stuff has touched some kind of gluten, and then that gives you a reaction, there's just no way you can get better. If that's the case, if it's so severe that if you just you touch things in the day, breads or, or dust on the ground, that'll have gluten in it. I don't know. I don't know how to survive this world. But I, I know the following things. You should uh, swear a little bit less. Yeah, shouldn't make fun of Bruce Lee. Uh, get your couches cleaned every now and again. And, uh, and drink yourself some gluten-free beer. Which is disgusting, by the way. Disgusting. I mean, you could just stop drinking beer, but no. No. I would rather vomit in my mouth than stop drinking beer. I'm going to make it work. Apparently, Coronas, they're saying, are gluten-free. I've been looking into it. A lot of celiacs swear you can drink Coronas and it won't cause a problem. If that's the case, I mean, I don't love Coronas, but it's still beer, right? So thanks for listening. Going to go back upstairs now and, uh, I don't know, go straight to bed. Oh, man, not having a couch sucks. This is Mark Bennett. I said shut up. Check in with you soon, maybe a few months from now. All right, later on.